It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, two of my just favorite people on the planet, business partners and fellow CFPs, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. So withdrawing dollars early from your IRA should really be a last resort. Um, but if you need to, there are ways to do so and avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty. And we're going to discuss those. There's a number of different ways to do that and more today on this hour of the Wise Money Show. It's geeky, guys. It's geeky. Hang with us, though, and we're going to make it fun and talk about these exceptions to the 10% early withdrawal penalty, but all through a lens of comprehensive financial planning. If you have a question for the show, we'd love to hear from you, hoping to get to questions in the second half of the program. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media as well. That's where most engagement and questions come from. Find us on YouTube for sure, but Facebook and Twitter as well. Wherever you're at, we are there. Search the Wise Money Show. All right, so what are your options if you need to get money out of your IRA? And we're going to say IRA, uh, not 401k, IRA, before age 59 and a half. Now, hopefully, I mean, number one, hopefully you're working with a certified financial planner. I mean, if you're going to be doing an escape move like that, you're going to want a CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning with you pointing out what to be watchful for and helping you plan for it. But whether you're retiring early, that could be a reason, or there's an opportunity or maybe an emergency that's come up, you might need to access your IRA before 59 and a half. What are your options? There's a there's a handful. There's not an exception for every scenario. I'll tell you that. But there are probably more exceptions than you would expect. And we're going to start with one called the 72T or substantially equal periodic payments or SEPP. Is there are there any other names for it? It's like a street it's like a street in <laughs> it's Indiana. Ridiculous, it's ridiculous whatever it is. <laughs> so, okay, so let's dive into the SEPP. Like a number of streets in the Michiana area. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what? This is this is something that I rarely explain to clients in, in meetings and things. Over 21 years, I've never defined for them the difference between the three different calculations for an SEPP. Like, this is nerdy stuff uh, yeah. on steroids, I think. But uh, I, I got to tell you, um, this, is, this is one way. It's, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card if you need to get access to money in your retirement accounts and you just you don't know how to do it, you don't want to pay a, a 10% penalty, you can set up a, a payment plan, essentially, where you get withdrawals paid to you on a regular basis. And it's not just uh, you know free structure, however you want to do it. It's got to be structured very uh, precisely the way that the IRS laid it out with these three different types of calculations. But it has to go for five years or until age 59 and a half. You don't get to just turn it on for a few months and then turn it back off again. Whichever's longer. So if, you, you're, right. if you're starting this at 52, you're, you're going until 59 and a half. If you're starting this, if you lose your job at 58 and you say, I've got, I, I need to do this, then you're starting that thing for five years and you're locked in. Right. And so the, I like to think of like a story. What What's the situation where I would even need to even be considering this? And I remember when I was first learning about this, and I've been at this for almost 30 years now, so it's been a while ago. And so for those of you uh, who are 
a little bit older, you might remember when titanium golf clubs started to become <laughs> the rage. And you took a SCPP from your IRA to buy fancy golf clubs? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Didn't everybody? <laughs> I'm serious. That's what they used to cost back right. in the day. Okay, okay, okay. So, the, so I was, I was listening. I was reading this story about these 35 year old dudes who were taking substantially equal periodic payments from their IRAs, and like, why would a 35 year old guy take a SCPP from his IRA? Well. There was a small titanium mine, and it was an ESOP. So the employees owned the mine, and when when the price of titanium went through the roof, all these guys had all this value basically in their retirement plan, huh. but they had no ability to access it. So they they were all of them were essentially millionaires, but they couldn't. But that couldn't live like millionaires, right? Huh? That, that like their millions didn't do them any good. Huh. So what they had to do was quit work, roll the money out into an IRA, and then you're you're saying, okay, now I'm a 35-year-old with a big, massive IRA. Now what? Well, what you do is you tip it on its side, and you take distributions from it, and you say from 35 until age 59 and a half. Yeah, it's five years or, or 59 and a half, whichever is longer. But, so there are certain circumstances where you'd want to do that. Now, that's a circumstance, and again, that would require some fancy footwork and some great planning. That's a very different circumstance than someone telling you, hey, listen, I've got this great product. It's called cash value life insurance, <laughs> and so tip your IRA on its side and take those IRA distributions and buy a life insurance policy. You would not want to do the second one. Right? Yeah, this is really a, a solution to... I'm retiring early or I'm needing to withdraw dollars. I, I, I guess I'm picking up on that point, Kevin. You're going to want to bring this problem to your certified financial planner that you need money and have them say, well, here's one of the ways to do it. I would say this is sort of a last resort because once you start this thing, you really you can't stop it. You've got to make these withdrawals every year. With all of these exceptions to the 10% early withdrawal penalty, please let this be the first disclosure that these are not exceptions from the tax. You still have to pay tax on this income. It's reported on your on your tax return, and it's taxable to you. Um, so you're locked into this thing. You've got to take it every year, regardless of the of what changes in your circumstance. And we just don't know. You just don't know. It's it's like the Federal Reserve coming out and saying we won't even think about thinking about raising rates until after 2023. How do you know that, Federal Reserve? And it's the beginning of 2022, and look what happened. You got egg on your face. So right. you've locked yourself into this. And Josh, you've so eloquently said much of financial planning is about creating options for yourself and then evaluating of those options the best choice when you do scpp you're out of options that's exactly right and especially it's important if uh it's really a short-term concern that you're trying to solve right now you know maybe you are in crisis mode and you're feeling like you're backed into a corner you don't have options and you're kind of steered into one of these types of exceptions if you set up this monthly type of a payout or or an annual type of a payout um, and you're locked in for five years, you may be doing harm to yourself down the road for that quick fix. Yeah. So there's three calculations. We're not going to get into all of this, but when you say, yep, I need to set up a 72T or an SEPP, um, then you're going to work with your certified financial planner, and they're going to help you come up with a calculation to determine how much 
you're eligible to withdraw. There's an IRS interest rate that needs to be factored in. Your your uh, your age and life expectancy is factored in as well. Now, interesting for 2022 because interest rates have been so low for so long, these calculations have meant you're not getting a lot of money because the interest rate has been so low. The IRS, I guess, just in March approved a a floor 5% interest rate that you're allowed to use, which means you can you can come up with a bigger withdrawal amount on a smaller size IRA. Interesting they put this in right as interest rates are about to go through the roof. We'll right. see. This was needed a while ago, right? Yeah. A little late to the game there. But it does it does change the calculation. It does increase the amount that you can get out with these payments. And keep in mind, one of the things that you can do to try to get yourself more precisely in line with the right amount of payout is decide how much IRA to put into a program like this. You can separate your IRA into smaller pieces and apply it just to the right size IRA that you, you've identified. That's right. There's a couple more things that we just probably need to point out about the 72T or the, the substantially equal periodic payment. So we're going to hit that. But then also, what are some of the other exceptions to get it around the 10% early withdrawal rule if you need access to your IRA before 59 and a half? So we've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corey Horn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you need, I'm, I'm going to say need, not want. If you need to draw some dollars out of your IRA before you're age 59 and a half, are you just subject to that 10% penalty or are there exceptions? We're hitting those exceptions right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios. Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory, every episode of the Wise Money Shows on the YouTube channel, as well as a lot of other content. Make sure you check that out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content. Leave comments and, and smash that thumbs up button when you're there as well. We appreciate it. All right, we're talking about ways to get access to your IRA before 59 and a half and avoid the 10% penalty. It is taxable when you withdraw these dollars, but uh, could you avoid the 10% penalty? One way is setting up a substantially equal periodic payment, a, a defined, calculated, inflexible payment plan from your IRA, from one of your IRAs or, or aggregated uh, altogether, if you've lumped them all together into one, um, that's going to last for five years or until age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. Guys, any now there's a lot of details that you're going to need. Like this is we never give advice on the radio. We're going to share ideas, and we're always going to tell you discuss those ideas with your CFP who's doing comprehensive financial planning. My goodness, absolutely in this case. Yeah. But any meat left on the bones here? Any other details we need to share? No. I if you missed the first segment, it's it's pretty simple. You can take a 72T payment, so substantial equal periodic payment from your IRA any age, and they must last for five years or until 59 and a half, whichever is longer. And they have to be equal, uh, and they can't really be changed or stopped unless a couple of things happen, unless you're disabled or you die or the market does horrible things and the, the, they step in and give you a reprieve like they did. In yeah, which we only know of one, one time that they've done that. But if you needed some sort of... Um, argument or a reason for why you should be real careful going into this. It, it is that you, when you turn it on, you can't turn it back off. You get and one change. You could switch to a, there's three different calculations. You could switch to a required minimum distribution calculation once. 
if you needed some reprieve. But if you do that incorrectly, the whole thing fails, and you got to pay all the ten percent penalty. <laughs> That's, That's a one... the key. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's if if you were um, to kind of back your way out of this or stop those payments or anything like that, they retroactively go back to all those payments you'd already received mm-hmm. and apply the ten percent. 10% penalty at that time. So they mean business with this. It's it's not meant to be this real flexible, easy tool that you would use. Um, and, and that is why um, you've got to be careful. This needs to be part of your overall plan. And there are times when it makes absolute sense. Yeah. And uh, for, for many people who are retiring well before age 59 and a half because you have the financial means to do it, uh, this could be a way for you to tap into some of your retirement nest egg earlier than what the IRS has laid out. Yeah, you could segregate out a portion, as we said, and just do that on that portion. But it is, this should not be a Hail Mary pass. Right. right, This should not be a, hey, if I can get this thing to work, then everything else can work out. And just most people don't know, but our our industry is very heavily regulated. And this, this type of a transaction is is scrutinized very closely because it there was a time when there were a lot of bad actors and uh, especially in like the utility companies or the in the phone sector um, a lot of these guys were getting buyouts and so they would go to uh, basically a an investment guy and say hey can I afford to retire and he'd say well of course you can afford to retire let's roll that money out of your 401k into an IRA and we'll do these substantially equal periodic payments well um, a lot of these folks ended up running out of money yeah and it, it's a bad deal to run out of money in retirement with no plan yeah that's exactly right so all right uh another exception to the 10 percent early withdrawal penalty. I told you there's a list of them. We're not going to hit all of them. SCPP is probably the most popular. Um, but the second one is first-time home buyer. Now, yeah. as you know, logical individuals, you probably hear that and say, yeah, you've never owned a home before. That's first-time <laughs> home buyer. Well, this is the IRS, guys. That's not how you define it. What were you thinking? That's right. <laughs> so how so how how does the IRS define first time home buyer? What are the what are the limits with this uh, exception? Yeah, it's it's way more loose than what you would think. It's actually anyone who has not owned a home in the past two years. So you might be buying your fourth house, but as long as you haven't been owning a home in in that last two years, then you can uh, take advantage of this exception. It's another way for you to pull money out of your retirement account, your your IRA. Um, for example, and avoid the 10% penalty, but it's only on $10,000. So don't think to yourself, oh man, I've got this massive IRA. I'm just going to pull a whole bunch of money out and go buy a house, pay cash for this thing or, mm-hmm. or massive down payment. No, this is, this is $10,000, which these days might make the difference between you being eligible for a mortgage or being able to outbid someone else, that, that kind of thing. So it's possible that this starts to get used a bit more. But um, fascinating, little tweak to this. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, They say it's you, your spouse, your kids, and your grandkids that you could be buying this first-time house for. The grandkids piece, the the math doesn't check out for me. Yeah. Um, I'm saying if you're under age 59 and a half, your grandkids are still minors, but they tuck that one in there. Um, (laughs) Your grandkids are not buying houses if you're under age 59 and a half. Maybe not. Who who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the reason why I put this one second is I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the housing market. I mean, we have guys, we have 
very little supply, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why prices are going up so much. Mm-hmm. So prices are going up so much that they call that inflation. And so the Federal Reserve says, well, we're going to raise interest rates like crazy. Mortgage rates ahead of that skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Someone that owns a house that would like to move but has a 30-year mortgage at 2.75%, do you think they want to sell their house? Mm-hmm. Nope. And that cr- crunches supply even more. Yeah. Forcing prices to go up even more, guys. So I, the, it's very possible you might be scrambling saying, where can I get money from in order to make this down payment or bid extra or whatever? And this is an option. Gosh, I wouldn't consider it, but it's an option. And we've done shows about how one event or, or one behavior or activity in one area of your financial life impacts a bunch of them. So if I took $10,000 out of my IRA and my wife took 10000 out of her IRA in order for us to buy a home, we're going to have to pay taxes on that money. Yeah, still income. So, right. So now the, the problem is the $10,000 that I take out, I've got to spend that money within 120 days on, on quali- the qualified purchase or closing costs or what have you. I can't use that for just anything that I want to use it for. So I better have a provision for either adjusting my withholdings through my paycheck at work or uh, you know, doing an estimated tax payment. I, I need to have some plan for how the taxes on that money are going to get paid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you will pay the piper. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's often common for people when they're pulling money out of the IRA – to just have the the IRA custodian peel some money off the top, send it straight to the federal government, straight to the state for you, but then you're netting less than your $10,000 amount. So you're exactly right. You have to pay for this tax out of some other means. Otherwise, you're not really going to maximize the cash that you get in hand. Yeah, but I'm saying you can't do that. If you do a distribution out of your IRA before 59 and a half, to be withheld for taxes. That's money that didn't go towards a house. And you have a 10% penalty on it. That's right. That's right. So there again, this is where we're sharing ideas. We're sharing these exceptions, but this is not advice. And this is not advice that you would just go to a charlatan or investment only person and say, hey, help me set this up. Or do you think I should do this? It's got to be someone that's, that's a certified financial planner doing comprehensive financial planning so they can look at all areas of your financial life to see how this impacts uh, each of those areas and whether you should do it. There's several other exceptions. We're going to hit that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the exceptions to the 10% early withdrawal rule when you're drawing money out of your IRA early? We're hitting that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so we're hitting the variety of exceptions to the 10% early withdrawal rule. If you draw money out of your IRA before 59 and a half, it's taxable, and you should have a 10% penalty unless you meet one of these exceptions. Now, guys, let's just be real for a second. In late 2019, Congress passed this sweeping tax change legislation called the SECURE Act. Now, let me just tell you what SECURE stands for. Setting every community up for retirement enhancement. They needed an E. Setting every community up for retirement. In that law, in that law, 
they, <laughs> they created another exception saying that you can draw $5,000 out of your IRA for the birth of a child and avoid the tax. Now, help me first understand how that helps set you up for retirement. Well, if you're having a baby in retirement, <laughs> this helps a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it would, I suppose. I, I don't know. I suppose. No, I... It's it's a classic example of uh, Congress tucking all kinds of uh, extra little goodies and exceptions and and different rules into big huge legislation. That, this is insane. Now I'm telling, uh, it, we're in 2022 and the IRS is still figuring out how they're going to interpret Secure Act 1.0. Okay, at the same time we've got Congress voting on Secure Act 2.0. Why are they doing that? Now, I like it because they're going to give you more options with Secure Act 2.0, but the single reason why they're pushing it forward right now is to get votes in November. They're trying to show you that we can get something done, people, and it's going to help you. Give us some votes. What a, <laughs> is shenanigans? It is what a disastrous system. But anyway, you can withdraw $5,000, what, within the year of uh, the birth of a child or adoption. Birth or adoption. That's yep. right. And it's five thousand for you and five thousand for the other parent. You can each draw out five grand uh, for each child in within the year that they're born. You got to pay the tax, but no ten percent penalty. Anything else I'm missing there? No. Don't do it. Other than I mean, I guess well, the only other thing is yeah, don't I, do it. I and I wouldn't say don't do it, but I would say again. You you'd prefer this not be a hail mary pass. So there's really two situations where this works, where you actually need a hail mary pass. You don't have any money anywhere else, and so you're like, well, I have to have money, so I'm going to do it. That's not the preferred method, but that is one way. The other way is it's it you have a good plan and it's part of that plan. And yeah. you say, hey, my income is down this year because my spouse is going to is not working now and is going to be having this baby, and so we can pull money out uh, for this purpose. But just mm -hmm. think about all the compound. I mean, I've shared this with you guys. I, I think I shared it last week. I, I mean, we had this mistake. We had this issue. We had an emergency come up with the birth of our first child, and we had to pull dollars out. And I look at that as one of the many, but but a financial mistake. We shouldn't have. We should have figured out a different way to come up with the dollars. But, I mean, aren't you glad that exceptions like this do exist for those rare circumstances? Because you may have a great plan. You might be in the process of adopting. And how many people do you know who have adopted a child, and while they're in the adoption process, they find out they're pregnant? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like having twins, Yeah. Uh, potentially. So yeah. you never know. Uh, this This could be a way to make a, a, a tough financial stretch work for you, but it's limited, $5,000. I think more, like, more likely is you happen to have a financial emergency around the time that you're having a child uh -huh. and you're trying to figure out, well, how do we get through this, this strange period financially? Oh, well, we're having a child. I guess we could each pull five grand out. To me, I think that's more likely than all of a sudden you need this for the expense of the child. Um, another exception to the 10% early withdrawal penalty is using your IRA to help cover college expenses. Now, we're saying IRA, so also applies to Roth IRA, and the Roth IRA being a substitute college planning vehicle is something we've long recommended, not as your primary college planning vehicle, but as an idea. Yeah, we were talking at the break, too, that um, the flexibility of the Roth IRA for retirement planning is, 
you know, as, as you're accumulating money to help your kids with, with college, maybe the first place you're going, especially if you're an Indiana resident, is to the 529 plan because of some of the tax savings it provides, as well as being a tax shelter for, for education. But maybe anything beyond that, you, you turn your attention to accumulating as many dollars as possible in a Roth IRA, because when you start saving for your kid's education, you don't really know necessarily what it's going to cost. Mm. You don't know what kind of scholarships they're going to have, what kind of school they're going to choose, if they're even going to go to college. So right? so get this, guys. Uh, yes. I mean, as a planner, as a planner, you're helping this a family save up for college for up to 18 years. But then there's a choice that happens <laughs> that influences the price tag significantly. Now, some parents just because their goal is, well, we're going to cover X dollar amount regardless of where you go to right. school. Hey, have fun. Well, I was working with some folks where that was not the case. And their child was deciding between Indiana, Indiana University, full ride, full scholarship, or Notre Dame, no scholarship. <laughs> and I got to tell you, like, could you imagine? That's a, that's a big decision, big financial decision. And I will just say this, especially if parents are listening, the parents did a fantastic job supporting their child and backing away and not having finances influence the decision much. And I'll tell you that the child, the night before the deadline, said, yeah, I'm going to IU. Huh. Woke up the next morning and didn't feel great about it. And so after the deadline, was able to switch to Notre Dame. And let's just say uh, lots of dollars were influenced in that decision. But parents did a great job. And they had saved up. So it, it, it all worked out. But Yeah. And if you go to Notre Dame and get a perfect score on your MCAT... Your yeah, uh, your medical school is taken you're, care of. You're in good shape. So, so yeah. anyway, but know that this option is there, and I love the idea of supplementing your Roth IRA contributions, or, or supplementing the th- the thought of your Roth IRA being uh, there for college as well. So. Yeah, and there is no dollar limit on that. Yeah, so, but but the I mean, really, what would drive that is is your tax situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the that's the tricky thing. And, you know, the student has to be at least a half-time student, which Got is, it. I think that's important. And it, it can be, it doesn't have to be just for you. It could be for your spouse, uh, for your children, and for, there's a number of other Your folks. great-grandchildren, for probably. probably. For they the mailman. I mean, who, it's just crazy. And so this is why, because um, I don't know if you've ever, you just wake up and you're like, well, I think I know everything I need to know. And the reality is I, I don't know anything that I need to know. And when you start getting into financial matters like this, it's so complicated. And you say, well, how in the world do you ever do it? And and um, I, I, I just remember the joys of explaining to my children how this stuff works. And they look at me almost with disdain, like, Daddy, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I know. That's how all of our <laughs> listeners are, are th- thinking right. right now. Okay, let, let me let me tuck this one in. This is another one. And and you might think, well, this is obvious. I had two circumstances in the past 12 months where people could not work because they were disabled. And they were struggling to figure out, well, how are we going to cover our financial life before, hopefully, Social Security disability kicks in? And both of them, as I shared, well, you're able to tap your IRA and, and avoid the penalty. Neither of them believe me. 
They hmm. both they both were like, and that that's not true. I'm going to have to pay a penalty. I really don't want to. It's like no, disabled. If you're disabled, now it's got to be defined a certain way. And listen, Social Security disability. If you if you're eligible for that, then yes, you meet this definition. But be aware that if you're disabled, then you're able to withdraw money from your IRA and avoid the 10% penalty. So. All right, there's a couple other exceptions that we want to hit and then questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here, friends. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, so if you've missed anything thus far, or want to re-listen because it's complicated or catch any of the previous episodes, it's all on podcast. Wherever you listen, just search The Wise Money Show and do me a favor, when you're there, subscribe to the show or, or whatever, but rate the program as well. We appreciate that. That is helpful feedback for us. Also helps other people find content uh, like ours when they're out there searching around on the internet webs and looking for a good podcast. So thank you for doing that. Check us out. Search The Wise Money Show on podcast. All right, we're talking about exceptions to the 10% penalty when withdrawing dollars from an IRA before age 59 and a half. Ah, That's a lot, okay? But just, again, when you do this, it's still taxable. That money is taxable income. This is not an exception from the tax. So in all situations, make sure that you're doing tax planning. Second, these are strange and obscure rules that if you get it wrong or misunderstand, the IRS isn't really forgiving. They're not very friendly, okay? Sorry to all of you IRS agents listening. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There aren't any. Um, and uh, so you're going to want to make sure that you're doing creative financial planning and that whatever you implement makes sense in all six areas of your financial life. Work with your CFP who's doing comprehensive financial planning before you consider any of this stuff. Okay. Another exception is death of the IRA owner, okay? And that allows the person who's inheriting the account to withdraw dollars and avoid the 10% penalty. Now, it's not that easy because the IRS didn't make it that easy, and we actually want to get into some of the complexities here. Yeah. Well, we may have people listening today who inherited money from someone 10 years ago, and you yourself are under age 59 and a half, and you might recognize that that person who left this IRA to you had already reached age 70 and a half, or these days age 72, and they've re- they had to begin taking required minimum distributions. You may have to be continuing that on. Maybe you've, uh, you're on the same schedule, essentially, of taking a, a minimal amount every single year. The IRS requires it. And uh, the good news is, yes, you do have to count that as income to you if it's coming out of the IRA, but you don't have the 10% penalty because it's an inherited IRA that's, that's coming to you. Um, we've talked uh, in the past about the SECURE Act and how this law uh, was passed in 2019, right at the end of the year, and it actually changed some of these rules on how you can inherit an IRA and when you can start drawing money out. And uh, a, a new rule was introduced that the money's got to be all out of that IRA within 10 years of the, uh, the death of the original IRA owner. 
there's some extra wrinkles being added to this right now. The IRS is actively seeking feedback, and they're putting their proposal out there on how they're going to interpret this law. And uh, stay tuned. We'll see if they maybe throw a little bit of a curveball at at uh, IRA inheritors can, here. Can I can I try? And then we can get into the unique issue with this. Yeah, with give spouses. it a shot. Okay, mm-hmm. so here, so the Secure Act was passed in November December of 2019, made effective. One one of 2020, and this this you're not able to stretch your IRA distributions. You now have to withdraw the entire account within 10 years. Was put in place for anyone that passed away after one one of 2020. Okay, mm-hmm. in March or maybe February of 2022, the IRS issues its proposed regulations as to how they're going to interpret this law. Guys, over two years after this thing was put in place and we're all supposed to be living by this law, the IRS is coming out saying, here's how we're going to apply it. And they're, this is their proposed regulation. So they're saying, here's what we, here's how we're going to apply it. But give us some feedback and give us some comments. And there's an open-ended time period where they'll accept comments. And then at some point, they'll stop accepting comments and, and decide which of those comments they're going to allow to influence the law or not, and then release their final ruling on how they're gonna interpret. Here's the thing, even though they came out and said it's now the 10-year rule, and everyone expected that to be like the old five-year rule with Roth IRAs. I'm not going to explain that, okay? Which basically everyone's interpretation was you've got 10 years to withdraw the, uh, the to empty the account. You don't have to take a, an annual with, withdrawal. You've just got 10 years to withdraw the account. In the proposed regulations, the IRS is saying that's not true. If the person that passed away was already required to take withdrawals, if they were already past their required beginning date or taking required minimum distributions, then you have to continue taking annual distributions. Which is the old rule. Which is the old rule and still empty the account within 10 years. Which is the new rule. They're going to apply both. <laughs> Unbelievable. If the person you inherit the dollars from are it hadn't already begun their required withdrawals, then you don't have to take annual withdrawals. You just have to withdraw the entire account, empty the account within 10 years. Unbelievably confusing. Unbelievably confusing. Yeah. So new new wine into old wineskins. There you go. It just, this, this is not a good idea. Definitely setting every community up for retirement enhancement. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this is not figure outable. I know. Well, the good news is, is that there's, you know, it's there's not really meaningful penalties in the event that you don't do it right. Uh, only <laughs> yeah, right. a 50% tax. 50% of Plus. what you should have done. Yeah. That's right. All right. So keep, stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date on that. And that's another reason why, you know, stay tuned to the YouTube channel because I can, we can communicate these updates more efficiently that way, uh, just in time when they happen. And so did a video about this right as we found out about these proposed regulations. So go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, follow us there. Okay, Kevin, let's talk about the this this exception to the 10% early withdrawal penalty when it's a spouse that is inheriting the money from a deceased spouse. Right. So when 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 some when an owner has an IRA and they die, it goes to the beneficiary. And so if the beneficiary is is a non-spouse beneficiary, under the old rules, they had to take that money 
over their lifetime. So call it a stretch IRA, and they'd have to start required minimum distributions. And so now they, the, the SECURE Act has made that stretch period not your lifetime, but 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a mini stretch. It's kind of like <laughs> what I do at the gym. Like I, you know, I, I bend over, and instead of touching my toes, I touch my knees and, yeah. and feel kind of yeah. good about it. And, and so... So you you could call it the mini stretch. Uh, it, it it's kind of like a mini run in cribbage. It's two cards in a row instead of three. But no one knows what that is though. No, definitely but, not. Well, the cribbage players do. So uh, rock on, cribbage. Both players. of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so that is uh, for the non-spouse beneficiary. And you say, well, a lot of times people think, well, if you had if there if there's a couple, and the the husband dies, the wife's just going to roll his IRA into her IRA. And if if they're 60 plus, a lot of times that can make sense for some simplicity purposes. But if they're not 60 plus, it can make sense to roll the husband. We killed off the husband in this scenario. So roll the husband's IRA, the deceased husband's IRA, into an inherited IRA for the wife. Or we would call it a beneficial IRA. There are a few other names for it. And so you say, well, wait a minute. I thought there was a required minimum distribution on the inherited IRA. There is unless you're a spouse. Mm-hmm. And so you say, but wait, why would a spouse? I thought we wanted one account instead of two for simplicity's sake. We would prefer that. But but the reason why is there's no 10% penalty on a distribution from an inherited IRA. Mm-hmm. So the spouse gets the inherited IRA and takes a distribution from it. There's no penalty. Mm-hmm. But there's also no requirement for the spouse to do that because the required minimum distribution on the inherited IRA for the spouse is waived. Now, if that doesn't make any sense to you, which it probably shouldn't, um, just make sure you're working with a planner. Make sure that planner is certified. You know, we have a preference. You know, make sure that 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 planner has access to tax planning within the house, mm-hmm. where it's right there in their office, and they can they can very easily work through these situations and help you with calculations and make these decisions with you. That's the key: is work through these situations and look at your unique situation, your age. What are your financial needs going to be? Do you have money available to you outside of IRAs that you'll be able to tap into? Uh, when will you be turning on any other income streams like Social Security or a pension? Everyone's situation is different. And here's the reality, man, if you've just lost your spouse, your world just got turned completely upside down. And I'm I'm actually dealing with this with a family member right now. And you just want to take control of something like you want to get mm-hmm. some stuff done mm-hmm. and you want to move swiftly to, to handle these administrative tasks of merging accounts and moving things into your name. And you might just get a little too fast at times and uh, just out of simplicity, mm-hmm. merge some accounts together, his and hers, hers into her, his, whatever. But the, the point, I guess, is um, you, you want to make sure that th- this is part of an overall financial plan. And the financial plan, by definition, has to change when uh, one spouse passes away like this. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's even more important than it was before. Yeah, it's plain 
chess instead of checkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that? Has, yeah. Have you guys heard of that game? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Heard of that. All right. Good. <clears throat> All right. Uh, a couple other exceptions, maybe to hit honorable mention. You know, one of them is not on the list of ten percent. Uh, early withdrawal exceptions, but it's an exception nonetheless, is if you are have an eligible, an HSA-eligible high-deductible health plan, once in your lifetime, you can transfer up to that year's contribution limit from your IRA to your HSA, and then you can withdraw dollars out of your HSA, avoiding the tax and penalty for qualified medical expenses. Now, no, you can only do this once in your lifetime and know that the limit of how much you can do is up to that year's contribution and you're not able to do another contribution on top of that as well. So it doesn't apply in lots of circumstances, but it is an exception you should be aware about, uh, aware of. What are some of the other, there's a couple other that we need to hit here in the last minute or so. Well, I would just say with that one, make sure you stay HSA eligible for 12 months. Yeah. Beyond that. So, I mean, there are all kinds of obscure rules around the, that obscure rule. So I would I would try to find someone who isn't obscure to help you with it. Um, you know, most of the exceptions to these rules are allowing you to use retirement money for something other than retirement. And I, I hope that that should be sending off some sort of red flags in your mind. And our, our hope would be that you have a game plan to avoid putting yourself in that situation. Yeah. If you're saving for retirement... <laughs> It's because it is a stinking huge goal, and it takes a long time and a lot of assets and a lot of growth to even be able to achieve it. And if you short-circuit that process or you draw money out and prevent it from ever maturing to its full size, it may have an impact down the road when it's too late to really recover. Work with your CFP if you're considering any of this. So. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. So, two, if you ask me two surprises. Well, we're, I've got it. We're, we're going to have it open. Like do you, we can do you want more. me to surprise you with my surprises? Yes, I do. Let's have it organic on the, on the program. I'm not surprised. So... <laughs> so. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.